This is Mind Salad, a program of diverse weekly discussions about mental wellness with a rotating panel of licensed professional mental health counselors on a variety of mental health topics with guests and information to help you sort through life struggles. The information that is provided on this program is for informational purposes only and is not meant to treat or diagnose any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. This week, your host is Kyle Bridgman from Project Ember Counseling. Good morning and welcome to Mind Salad, a diverse discussion about mental wellness. Uh, My name is Kyle Bridgman and I'll be your host today. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder and owner of Project Ember Counseling here in Colorado Springs. Uh, We have about seven clinicians in our group practice and we work with children as young as a couple years old, uh, all the way up to older adults. And our therapists specialize in areas such as play therapy, uh, working with adolescents and teens and all the issues that they're dealing with, uh, couples and families, trauma work and EMDR therapy. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about Project Number Counseling and the services we provide, uh, feel free to check out the website at project-ember.com. If you've had the privilege of listening to any of our other hosts here on Mind Salad, you've already heard some great discussion from Carlos, Lexi, and Nikita on various topics such as recovering from grief, understanding the confusing world of insurance and billing as it relates to counseling. And last week, Nikita talked about mental wellness within the African-American community. If you missed any of our episodes and would like to get caught up, you can listen to the podcast by going to kppfradio.podbean.com or just go to KPPF website for more information. This week, I want to talk about a topic that we actually started off with on our very first episode here on Mind Salad, where each of us were asked about our why. And the context of this question is really about understanding why each of us had become therapists, what our motivation was to get into this line of work, and what keeps us going when things get tough or when we reach that point of burnout. Today, I want to tackle the idea of understanding your why and finding your purpose in this crazy world. After recording the first episode, the question of why kind of stuck with me, and I started doing some more introspection and research on the topic of understanding your why and really trying to dig deeper into my own why. To be honest, most of the information I present today is nothing new or different than what you've already heard if you've ever looked into this topic or watched YouTube videos about discovering your purpose and motivation in life. So you might be asking, why are you even talking about it then? One of the things I found in being a therapist and working with various clients is that even if you've heard or tried something dozens of times, timing is everything. So for example, a couple years ago, I tried to plant some tomatoes in our garden. I moved from New Mexico and there I planted them in March and they did just fine. Little did I know, being new to Colorado at the time, that even through March and April, we can get a decent amount of cold weather and snow here. Timing. As you can imagine, all of my tomato plants died and I had to start all over a couple months later. It's not that I did anything different in how or where I planted the tomatoes, but it was about making sure the ground was ready to receive the roots so that they could take hold and grow. Timing. I believe the same concept applies when dealing with people. Maybe you've been to therapy before and it just did not seem to work. Maybe you've tried to change certain negative habits and it didn't stick. Maybe you've tried to figure out some of life's more difficult questions like why are you here? What is your purpose? What drives you? What motivates you? What makes you excited and come to life? But your brain just went blank because of all the other junk, all the other noise of life drowned out your ability to focus and answer the tough questions. Whether the topic of understanding your why is a new concept to you or you've heard it a hundred times, my goal isn't much different than what I do in therapy and that's simply just to ask some poignant questions, present some information, and just get you thinking. 
maybe it will spark something that has been buried over the past few months or years, and now you're in a place where it can actually take hold and grow. So let's jump in. When I ask the question, what is your why? What are some of the thoughts that come to mind? Maybe you start thinking about your job and why you do the work you do, or even how you got into this career. If you are a student and still in school, you may be saying to yourself, I have no idea why I do what I do. I have no idea why I have to do this homework. It's not gonna matter when I'm an adult anyway. But I want you to go deeper. Why is not about what you do, why is about the motivation and purpose behind what you do? Why is about understanding the reason you wake up in the morning? It's the thing that pushes you to keep going when things get tough, nearly impossible. Why is about knowing what brings you a sense of fulfillment and happiness in life? It's the thread and lifeblood that flows through everything you do, whether it's work, family, your social circles, or your hobbies. When you understand your why, it will have a profound impact on your what. It gives you a sense of direction, no matter how many detours you take or how many times you get lost along the way. When you understand your why, it will have a profound impact on your what. It gives you a sense of direction, no matter how many detours you take or how many times you get lost along the way. As long as you remember why you do what you do, you will always find your way back. Over the past month, I posed the question of what is your why to several of my clients wanting to better understand the differing perspectives they bring to therapy and what motivates and drives them. I'll get back to some of their responses in a bit, but first, what I found in posing this question is that it can be a very difficult topic to discuss because there's a lot of ambiguity in the question alone. I learned that I needed to provide more context to the question. A few clients started off by trying to answer why they were in therapy, and some of the younger clients commented that they're still young and don't really have a why. Especially with my adolescent and teenage clients, I thought it was very telling about the messages we may be unintentionally sending them as a society, that you have to be of a certain age before you can have a purpose outside of just being a good kid at home or a good student or getting good grades. With my adult clients, I found it interesting that many of them had a general idea of their why as we discussed it more, but most of them had a difficult time clearly and succinctly stating it in a manner that helped clarify their personal sense of meaning. In therapy, I like to use a lot of metaphors, analogies, and comparisons using certain activities or hobbies that my clients might enjoy to help them make sense of their own mental health journey. In the case of why, for many of my clients who enjoy physical activity, particularly hiking, I started asking why they enjoy doing it. Many of the responses I got were, they enjoyed being out in nature, they loved challenging themselves with something that was difficult but rewarding to their physical health, and some stated that they simply like it just because of the view once they arrive at their destination. If you've ever gotten out and hiked in our beautiful state, maybe some of those responses resonate with you as they did with me. I love hiking and have been fortunate enough to do some pretty cool hikes, including to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and back. Leading up to the Grand Canyon hike, I was working at a residential care facility, and I was fortunate enough to be able to take some of the teens with me on that trip. We did a lot of prep hikes to make sure that they were in the right physical and mental condition to complete the hike. The last thing I wanted to do on our second day of hiking was carry some kid in his backpack up 12 miles and several thousand feet of elevation out of the canyon. For many of those kids, why they hiked it had everything to do with proving to themselves they could do something they never thought possible. 
It was about the experience, the pride, and the sense of accomplishment that they now get to carry with them the rest of their lives. For me, my why in that trip was also to prove something to myself. Did I have what it takes physically and mentally? But more so, it was to create an experience for those kids who up to this point in their life were told they were failures, wouldn't amount to anything, and would never accomplish anything great in their lives. When I think of that experience now, and as I've been preparing for this show, really having to do some introspection and soul searching about my own why, I've been encouraged as I realized my why hasn't changed. My why can be summed up in the mission statement of Project Ember Counseling, which is inciting change one relationship at a time. When I was younger and still more naive, more so than I am now, hopefully, I had a romantic vision of changing the world by being a great motivational speaker and someone everyone looked up to and wanted to be around. Now that I'm a little older, a little more seasoned, that is no longer my primary goal. While my goal of impacting the world and leaving a legacy hasn't changed, once I refined my sense of purpose, my why, everything got clearer. If you're just joining us, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Kyle Bridgman, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and the owner of Project Ember Counseling, and you are listening to Mind Salad, a radio show and podcast that brings you a diverse discussion about mental wellness. Today we are talking about understanding your why and discovering your purpose in this crazy world. Going back to my personal and business mission statement, my why, what does it mean to incite change one relationship at a time? When we think of the word or phrase to incite something, often our minds will go to the negative context of the word incite, where we think of stirring up or encouraging violence or unlawful behavior. But if we look at the word from a different perspective, strip away the negative connotations, and just focus on its root meaning of moving something or someone to action, encouraging and urging something or someone to something greater, inciting change. One of the main goals of therapy and the reason people show up week in and week out is because things in their life may completely suck right now, and they are nowhere near where they want to be or how they want to be, and they want to change. As a therapist, I think of myself as a catalyst for that change, and in some cases, I may be one of the few positive and encouraging influences they have as a resource. The second half of my why, after the short statement of inciting change, is the phrase one relationship at a time. Once I gave up on the romanticized fantasy of drawing massive crowds to my lectures or speeches, I realized that my personality and style, my ability to have an impact on society is better suited by forming relationships on an individual level and being genuine and intentional in those relationships. In order to do this, I had to start with the relationship and connection I had with myself, really getting to know and understand who I am as a person, how my own experiences have impacted me both in positive and negative ways, and figuring out my values and how those relate to the people and world around me. Unless I truly know myself and have done the hard work to be a better person, I don't feel I have the right to ask that of anyone else. So let's get back to the concept of change and how critical it is in understanding your why if you want to make lasting change. Without a why, without a sense of purpose, change is nearly impossible. I've never heard someone who genuinely wants to change when asked why say something like, eh, just because, or, uh, I don't know. 
Change is about an intrinsic motivation and desire to want something different, to think differently, to act differently, a desire to stop getting into toxic relationships, a desire to be a better parent, spouse, partner, to stop feeling anxious and depressed and start finding happiness and joy. More often than not, that intrinsic motivation comes from external situations that have caused us to reevaluate our place in life. And this is one of the reasons why understanding your why is so important. If you clearly know why you want to change and what it will take to get there, you won't let anything or anyone stop you. Now, while understanding your why is a very personal process and sometimes feels like a solo journey, never underestimate the power of a positive support system. One of the questions I want you to ask yourself is this, who is counting on you to accomplish your why? If your why is to help others in your local community, then by not living up to your true potential, there are people who won't have the opportunity to benefit from what you have to offer. If your why is to be the best parent, sibling, coworker, boss, student you can be, there are people who need you to be at your best, and in doing this, you are making those around you better. I don't say this to add a ton of pressure on you or to perform or cause anxiety that you'll be letting a bunch of people down. That thought, even for me, sounds overwhelming. The intent of my statement is to point out the importance of having some accountability and some measurable objective that keeps you going, something to strive for. It won't always be easy. You may not always get the support you need, but that's another key factor in accomplishing your why. And my next question to you, who's in your corner? Who's your support system? Who are the people you've surrounded yourself with that can and will help you accomplish your goals and fulfill your purpose? I've been fortunate enough to have a few close friends, family members, and colleagues who have encouraged me while I was working full-time while also going to grad school full-time. I have people in my life who know when to challenge and push me to do things outside of my comfort zone and when to back off and give me space as I figure things out. Without them, I may not be in this career field and I definitely wouldn't have been able to launch my private practice and see Project Ember come to life. However, I've also had people in my life who have passively discouraged or undermined my vision to start Project Ember. And I will tell you, those relationships can be very damning to your psyche. I'm not saying that everyone in our life has to see things the way that we do, or that we have to agree on everything. What I would ask is whether or not those people who are in your corner are the best people to have in your corner. Do they encourage and persuade and compel you to find and live out your purpose? Earlier, I had mentioned that I asked several of my clients about their why. And while I got several great responses, the one that stood out to me the most was this, be better. Pretty simple statement, but knowing this client the way that I do, this statement packs a huge punch. Every aspect of their life revolves around these two words, whether it is in their vocation, with their family members, their mental and physical health goals, or in their personal relationships. This client lives out that why every damn day. It is the fuel and the engine that drives them. It is the roadmap that keeps them on course and it is the indestructible force that propels them to be unstoppable. Simon Sinek, a well-known speaker and author, talks a lot about the topic of why, and I encourage you to check out some of his books or videos on YouTube if you want to dig deeper into this topic. 
Just as in therapy, where I like to give my clients homework, I'm going to leave you with an easy assignment if you want to begin figuring out your personal mission statement and your why. There's a lot of different ways to do this, but I think simple is always the best. In one of his articles, Cynic provides a clear format on how to phrase your why, and here it is. To blank, so that blank. The first blank represents your contribution to the lives of others through your why. The second blank represents the impact of your contribution on others or on society. So one more time, that's two blank, so that blank. The first blank is your contribution to the lives of others through your why. And the second represents the impact of your contribution on others or on society. If I were to put my personal why into this format, it would look something like this, to build meaningful relationships so that people can discover their purpose. Format isn't so much as important as focusing on two key factors of recognizing your personal contribution and understanding the impact of that contribution on others. I wanna leave you with a little clip from Simon Sinek in a speech he gave called Advice That Will Leave You Speechless. And I think what I like about Simon is that he really kind of sums up or says things in a way that connects with his audience, connects with me. Um, So just take a listen. And I want you to, as you're listening to it, just want you to think how this might be applicable to you. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. I think one of the mistakes that people make is they think purpose comes from their job. I've been a whatever for so many years and when then I lose my job or I retire, I now don't have a sense of purpose because I've I so closely associated my self-worth with the job that I did. I knew what my job was, I had a sense of purpose. And one wonders if those things are conflated, right? Which is I had a sense of purpose for my job, but then when I didn't have the job, all of a sudden I sense I woke up in the morning and didn't know what to do. The purpose is not your MOS. Your purpose is not your assault gunner. Your purpose is not the job that you wake up to do every day. Your purpose is something bigger. I have five little rules that you can follow as you find your spark and bring your spark to life. The first is to go after the things that you want. Let me tell you a story. So a friend of mine and I, we went for a run in Central Park. The Roadrunners organization, uh, on the weekends, they host races. And it's very common at the end of the race, they'll have a sponsor who will give away something, apples or bagels or something. And on this particular day, when we got to the end of the run, there were some free bagels. And they had picnic tables set up, and on one side was a group of volunteers, on the table were boxes of bagels, and on the other side was a long line of runners waiting to get their free bagel. So I said to my friend, let's, let's get a bagel. And he looked at me and said, ah, the line's too long. And I said, free bagel. And he said, I don't want to wait in line. And I was like, free bagel. And he says, nah, let's, it's too long. And that's when I realized that there's two ways to see the world. Some people see the thing that they want, and some people see the thing that prevents them from getting the thing that they want. I could only see the bagels. He could only see the line. Because the rule is, you can go after whatever you want. You just cannot deny anyone else to go after whatever they want. You don't have to do it the way everybody else has done it. You can do it your way. You can break the rules. You just can't get in the way of somebody else getting what they want. Rule number two. 
In the 18th century, there was something that spread across Europe and eventually made its way to America called Puerple Fever, also known as the Black Death of Childbed. Basically what was happening is women were giving birth and they would die within 48 hours after giving birth. This Black Death of Childbirth was the ravage of Europe and it got worse and worse and worse over the course of over a century. And these doctors and men of science wanted to study and try and find the reason for this Black Death of Childbed and so they got to work studying and they would study the corpses of the women who had died. And in the morning they would conduct autopsies and then in the afternoon they would go and deliver babies and finish their rounds. And it wasn't until somewhere in the mid-1800s that Oliver Wendell Holmes realized that all of these doctors who were conducting autopsies in the morning weren't washing their hands before they delivered babies in the afternoon. And he pointed it out and said, guys, you're the problem. And they ignored him and called him crazy for 30 years until finally somebody realized that if they simply washed their hands, it would go away. And that's exactly what happened. When they started sterilizing their instruments and washing their hands, the black death of childbed disappeared. The lesson here is, sometimes you're the problem. Take accountability for your actions. You can take all the credit in the world for the things that you do right, as long as you also take responsibility for the things you do wrong. It must be a balanced equation. You don't get it one way and not the other. You get to take credit when you also take accountability. Lesson three, take care of each other. The United States Navy SEALs are perhaps the most elite warriors in the world. And one of the SEALs was asked, who makes it through the selection process? Who is able to become a SEAL? And his answer was, I can't tell you the kind of person that becomes a SEAL. I can't tell you the kind of person that makes it through BUDS. But I can tell you the kind of people who don't become SEALs. He says the guys that show up with huge bulging muscles covered in tattoos who want to prove to the world how tough they are, none of them make it through. He said the preening leaders who like to delegate all their responsibility and never do anything themselves, none of them make it through. He says some of the guys that make it through are skinny and scrawny. He said some of the guys that make it through, you will see them shivering out of fear. He says, however, all the guys that make it through, when they find themselves physically spent, emotionally spent, when they have nothing left to give physically or emotionally, somehow, some way, they are able to find the energy to dig down deep inside themselves, to find the energy to help the guy next to them. They become seals, he said. You wanna be an elite warrior, it's not about how tough you are, it's not about how smart you are. It's not about how fast you are. If you want to be an elite warrior, you better get really, really good at helping the person to the left of you and helping the person to the right of you. Because that's how people advance in the world. The world is too dangerous and the world is too difficult for you to think that you can do these things alone. If you find your spark, I commend you. Now, who are you going to ask for help and when are you going to accept help when it's offered? Learn that skill. Learn by practicing helping each other. 
It'll be the single most valuable thing you ever learn in your entire life. To accept help when it's offered and to ask for it when you know that you can't do it. The amazing thing is when you learn to ask for help, you'll discover that there are people all around you who've always wanted to help you, they just didn't think you needed it because you kept pretending that you had everything under control. And the minute you say, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm stuck, I'm scared, I don't think I can do this, you will find that lots of people who love you will rush in and take care of you. But that'll only happen if you learn to take care of them first. If you want to hear the rest of this video, look up Simon Sinek, that's S-I-N-E-K, on YouTube. And the name of this video was Advice That Will Leave You Speechless. As our time comes to a close, I just want to thank all of you who joined me today, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak on a topic that's very important to me. I hope in some way it's been beneficial for you, or that maybe you took something away that will encourage you to begin figuring out your why. Please tune in next week to Mind Salad, where you'll have the chance to hear from Carlos, who will be speaking about eye movement therapies and accelerated resolution therapies. I want to leave you with a final thought, a quote I heard back when I was working in residential care something we were told during one of our trainings as a mindset to keep when we were working with some difficult teens. And the quote is this, if every child knew the necessity of their existence, the world would be solved of all of its problems. Thanks again, and I'm Kyle Bridgman with Project Denver Counseling. Have a good rest of your weekend. You've been listening to Mind Salad, a discussion of mental wellness issues and topics with a rotating panel of mental health providers. Heard every Sunday at 1130 a.m. on KPPF. And be sure to listen to the podcast on Podbean.